Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Ida Butwin. Ida Butwin is a highly specialized and sought after ad specialist and funnel consultant who focuses on data-driven conversion strategies. Through her agency work, she analyzes the trends of hundreds of thousands of Facebook ad spend every month. Ida brings her love of teaching into coaching by breaking down complex concepts into manageable bite-sized steps that help business owners avoid expensive mistakes and get more leads and sales from their campaigns. When she's not digging into funnels, she loves spending time at Chatta, uh, a lake near her or at home with her husband, three, three kids, a dog, a cat, a bearded dragon, and chickens in New York. Welcome to the podcast, Ida. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. I couldn't say the name of that lake. I tried, but you know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so uh, tell us about you, um, how you started out. I know you started out as a teacher and you went into something else. So why don't you tell us about you? Sure. Thank you. So I, um, my education background is in education and teaching. And I taught middle school science um, before I had kids. And once I had kids, I stayed home with them for a couple of years. And um, it was about time that I started contributing to the family again, but I didn't really want to go back um, to teaching. So through chance, I fell upon a franchise and it was in the education field. So I thought this is a perfect opportunity uh, because I had always had this entrepreneurial spirit, um, but you know, I didn't really have a business background. So it wasn't something that I really knew how to get into. So the franchise really opened the doors to, you know, what is possible. So I started that business um, in 2016. And no, I'm sorry, 2014, I closed it in 2016. So it was about two years. Um, unfortunately, the marketing uh, support wasn't that great. So I started learning how to market my business on my own. You know, I took courses, um, just did a lot of research on YouTube and um, found how to, to market my own business. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. It wasn't on purpose that I got into uh, marketing. It was more for my own business. And then I really grew to love it and help helping other people with it. Um, and so, like I said, I closed down that franchise in 2016 and started helping people with their marketing. Um, and it, from that point, it was a bit of a journey because um, I was helping them with what I knew, but it wasn't, I wasn't really, I didn't feel like I was an expert yet, you know, so um, I was helping people, but I decided to take um, a more I guess behind the scenes approach. I worked with a lot of different teams while I was building my skills and seeing how their businesses worked. Um, I got, you know, a team member perspective. And um, while I was doing that, I was improving upon all of my skills, copywriting, um, funnel designs, advertising, of course. And so through those 
uh, years, I was really able to now step into you know, that expertise that I now have. Um, so now I just help um, coaches mainly um, build their audiences, grow their list and help them with their sales. So it was not a direct path as most of the time it's not as an entrepreneur, but that is how I got here. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, then you said you stayed home once, you know, you started having children. So when you started this new business, this new franchise, did you have a two or three year old or? I did. I, I mean, I had, I have three kids. So my oldest was in kindergarten, I think at the time. Is that right? I don't know. They were around, you know, they were my oldest was in school, my middle child was in preschool, and my youngest, um, he ended up starting daycare part-time. So yeah, um, and the reason, one of the reasons why I left that business was, um, and it, you know, it's just how a lot of things in life happen. You think you want something, and once you get there, it's like, oh, this isn't exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, because it was an educational business, uh, I was doing after school programs, summer uh, camps, and that was the opposite schedule of my kids. And I thought, oh, this is really not what I wanted. I wanted my own something, but I didn't want it to look that way. So that was one of the other reasons. You know, there were many reasons I left that, that business, but that was one of them where I couldn't you know, the reason for me wanting my own part of it was freedom and flexibility, but I was now working the times that the kids would be home. So they had to go to after school care, you know, in the summer I needed help with them. Sometimes they would come with me, which wasn't always ideal. So yeah, it was one of those situations where you think that you want something and you get there and you're like, oh shoot, this isn't exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> that's true that's the thing um a lot of times and i i had a pediatric uh, vision therapy practice for many years so you think that's what you want because you know i love working with children mm -hmm. so but the thing is is exactly that the time that you want to spend with your own children you have to be working because that's when the other children are available after school or on right. the weekend and that's when you want to spend with your own kids yeah so yeah. I know in my practice, what we ended up doing is just make it a four day practice. <laughs> so regardless, I could still spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you mm -hmm. know, with my kids. But um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you too. How did you kind of juggle motherhood and building a business? Well, I think looking back actually, and comparing it to right now, right now is more difficult than it was before because, you know, we're in this crazy time and my kids are currently virtual learning. So, you know, the, the balance now is even more difficult than before. Um, and the way that I, I do it, I guess, is it's a struggle. I'm not going to lie. I don't have it all figured out. Luckily, my husband is also a business owner and he's home and he's flexible too. So we kind of tag team. But, um, you know, I have to make, I guess, 
choices, like, you know, how am I going to make it work? I get up really early Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that I'm up, you know, three hours before they are. So I get a good chunk of work in, which starts my day on a productive note. I'm getting stuff done. And then when they're up, I don't feel that my attention is divided and I can get them to be where they need to be and then move back to to work. Um, And I do think also as an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, you, there's a, a quote out there that you leave 40 hours a week so that you could work 80. (laughs) It is. I mean, I do work a lot. Like if they're in the evenings, if they're watching a a television show or, you know, playing nicely on their own, then I'm, I'm on my computer and I'm catching up on things, you know, messaging people or doing whatever it is I need to do. So, um, I have to say, I don't have a balance. I do (laughs) what I can. (laughs) Um, and I listen to, I guess my body, I know when I need the extra rest. Like this weekend was an example where, you know, I do work in the mornings on the weekend too, that those three hours I'm still up. Um, This weekend I slept in, I was like, I need the rest. I have to listen to myself or else the burnout is inevitable. So um, I don't think I found a balance, but I found that listening to myself is what works, like listening to my body and knowing when I need to just slow down and knowing and trusting that that is going to result and that will be better results than if I push through and and try to make something work when I'm not at my best. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I'm hearing is consistency. Mm-hmm. So in order to get something done, you made the commitment to get up three hours early, which is a huge commitment, Yeah, <laughs> especially for, for us who aren't morning people <laughs> to, to wake up at four every morning or 430, yeah. just so you can get things done. Um, that takes a lot of dedication and commitment and, you know, consistency. So, so talk about consistency. How is, how does that work in your life? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, consistency, I think in my life, um, you know, is fluid, like it changes. So how I show up every day can change based on the season of our family, you know, so in pre-March, I was showing up differently. Um, And even within my business myself, um, once that switch happened, Um, I was showing up as myself, as a business owner, bringing on my own clients. When that change happened and we didn't have a plan for the kids at home, you know, it was all new. Um, I had to make a a pivot and I started um, connecting with people that I knew in the industry. And I started taking on more um, like white labeling work because I wasn't going to have to be on a lot of calls. I was going to be able to do the work, um, you know, at all hours of the day, which worked better for me in that situation. Um, So I think consistently, this is kind of like an oxymoron, but consistently changing (laughs) to fit the situation is what I I really, and I've always kind of done that, you know, as your kids grow, the needs 
of them change and you need to adapt to those too. And I think that's the same for business. You know, the seasons change, uh, especially right now, you really need to make that adaptation. So being open to that. And I think for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, um, that's kind of what we do. We're always growing and changing and pivoting to make whatever the situation is work for us. Um, so I feel that that's my <laughs> version of consistency is doing what you can do day after day in the current situation. And if you need to change and make something else work, you just do it. And that's the wonderful thing about entrepreneurship or just owning your own business. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm working at a place where um, in the same uh, mall, the JCPenney is closing. Yeah. Earlier, uh, a year ago, the Sears closed. It's like, okay, if these big stores who can't change quickly or refuse to change quickly, what happens is they, they die. Yeah. And yeah. in this environment right now, we have to be even more flexible than normal and also keep our eyes open to this to the trends and the trends are changing day by day depending on what's happening from the government or what you know what they're doing and what people are doing now and so to be flexible is just so important and the and the great thing is when you have a smaller business or you're you are the CEO right. you get to make those decisions mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think when, um, you know, when the, when COVID did start and we, you know, there was all these massive changes, it was actually, you know, I know that a lot of businesses suffered, but they, a lot of them who are consistently trying to fit into the new mold or not necessarily, not, not necessarily a mold, but how to make their business thrive in the current situation, they were moving from, you know, offline to online, which then that increased Facebook marketing as a business in general, because now people are like, okay, I need to get online. How do I do this? You know, how do I get in front of more people, a bigger reach than my local area? And so that had been, a, you know, something that was I was lucky to have to be in an industry that was actually needed at that time and still is obviously but during that time everyone wanted to figure out how to make it work online moving from local to online um so yeah just being able to pivot that's been a, a common word lately yeah. to make so it work you, yeah so when you work with these companies um, how do you help them make that pivot? Have you worked so. with larger companies, smaller companies, and how have you helped them? It's been mainly smaller companies, you know, but it's more about bringing their services online. So, um, you know, if you're doing lessons, you know, thinking about kids right now, um, if you're doing, um, piano lessons or any type of instrument, um, karate or any other kind of martial arts, you know, and you usually have an in-studio setup, you know, offering those services virtually, you know, and so instead of having them come in, you're offering, you know, a 
live stream, a Zoom meeting, something where you're still interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not the same experience, but you're still bringing in business and the kids need those things. You know, they want to continue with with um, their interests. So those are some examples of pivoting from in studio to online um, dance studios. Um, some, I mean, exercise, I feel like was already there. Um, there's a lot of online exercises, but for local businesses, you know, offering that to their current clients online, you know, something that's going to keep their clients not at the same level, obviously, but, um, you know, so that you're still providing a service and, and maintaining because otherwise without people in the doors, um, you don't, have a business anymore. So just offering those online opportunities is what we've been doing. So just helping with the tech and then the advertising, you know, because the tech for some people, you know, who've never used it before, it's a big learning curve. I mean, we even see that with our, our kids' teachers. And although they are, you know, they do use tech, but not to this level where they're using Google Classrooms and having to you know, assign assignments that way. It's such a big learning curve. Mm -hmm. It is a huge learning curve. And now I know you specialize in actually helping coaches with their marketing. What are some of the key things coaches should know about marketing that would make them successful in this area? Sure. So, I mean, the biggest thing that, you know, and in, this is for whether or not you're going to do paid advertising or not. The biggest thing is knowing your ideal client avatar and making sure that you have an offer, whether it's free or paid, that is going to give them a solution to their problem. You know, and so a lot of times when we come up with an offer, we're we are guessing that this is kind of what they're gonna need. Um, you know, so really doing that research, getting really, really, really keyed in on the ideal client avatar, what their desires are, uh, what their fears are, um, you know, and then how to help them solve those problems. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, you can have a great idea, but if you're not speaking to the right person or speaking to them in the way that they're going to actually connect with what it is you're offering, then it's just not going to convert into leads or sales. So that's the, the very, very biggest thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when you're working with people, um, website or landing pages, you know, ads or organic. Talk about that. What's the best way? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on where you are, what your goals are, really. Um, if you are brand new, you know, look, looking at organic is a good way to test your ideas without putting in money you know, and finding out that it doesn't work, you know, and that's, that's part of business, you know, figuring out what works and, and investing in the money, but the money investing in advertising with money, but, you know, if you don't have the money, you're going to then invest time. It's either going to be one or the other time or money. If you have the money, you're going to figure it out faster. Um, if you don't have the money, it's just going to take a little bit longer, but you know, it's just putting something out there, paying close attention to the numbers. And 
if you are putting something out there organically and it's working, you're getting you know um, leads or conversions, then moving to paid advertising, we kind of have a baseline of what works and we can kind of have a better understanding of what your investment might be and how much it's gonna to cost to reach your goal. When you're starting, with advertising without that baseline, we have to create a baseline with the ads. So you are going to put in some money for testing and you may not get results, or at least the results that you're looking for right out the gate, you're gonna to have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of you know what your goals are, um, if you wanna invest the time or the money first. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to advertising, it seems like the sky's the limit as far as how much you can pay for advertising. I mean, the extreme example is the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, yeah. millions of dollars for 30 seconds or something. But um, let's say someone's just starting out and um, they want to start promoting their business. Um, what do you think would be, you know, once they get the, through the testing and everything, what do you think would be a good base as far as like how much, I'm not even sure I'm not an advertiser, how much monthly they would need to output for ads or is there is there a standard? Or? Again, it's gonna depend on your goal. So let's just give this example. Let's say you have a free guide or ebook or PDF or something like that. And you wanna use that to build your email list and then you'll be selling through your email list. You know, So that's a pretty low, commitment uh, financially, you could do something as low as $5 a day where you're steadily bringing in that those leads to your list and then you nurture the list through emails and then sell them um, when you're ready to sell them. So, you know, something as small as $5 a day, like that's a slow and steady approach. Um, a lot of coaches do live launches where they're actually going to be doing a live webinar or a live challenge. And a lot of times they'll have a goal for the number of people they want in their challenge. And based on their industry, uh, business to business is always going to be more expensive. And then also based on the time of year, uh, right now, we're in an election year, so costs of advertising is more expensive across the board. Mm -hmm. We're also in quarter, uh, fourth quarter, which again, it's more expensive. So it's all going to depend on those types of, of factors. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if you're going to do like a, a challenge, for instance, usually the challenge um, leads come in between, you know, four to nine dollars and again it, it, there's a big it depends on your offer uh, going back to your ideal client if you have something that they really want if your copy is really talking to them but that's the range so if you want to look at let's, let's say i want a thousand people in my my challenge then you're just going to work backwards well if you want a thousand people let's use nine dollars as the max price per lead, then you're going to need a $9,000 ad spend, you know, so it's kind of how we work um, the numbers out. And there is that big range, but there's so many factors and there's no guarantees. So I always try to go on the higher end of that estimation. Mm -hmm. um, and going back to like the, the PDF or the guide, 
download. Those are lower cost, you know, usually between two to four or five dollars. You know, so if you say I want to grow my list, you know, by 500 in a month, you could just do the math that way, you know, so it's, it depends on your goals, what you're doing, what your industry is, what time of year it is. <laughs> okay. well, that's helpful, though. That's helpful, because uh, a person like me, who I don't know anything about advertising, I, I was wondering what, why is it the difference? Now I understand it's season, it's the kind of advertising, it's what you want. So yes. that's really, really helpful. So any other advice that you give your um, coaches when you're working with them? Um, my, I am really passionate about understanding what it is that people are doing for you. For instance, let me be more clear. Let's say you have a team or you hire a contractor to do some work for you. Mm -hmm. I really encourage business owners, CEOs, coaches, wherever you are, in your business to understand what you're looking at and to not blindly trust that your contractor or your team member knows those things. You personally don't know need to know how to do every single step of everything, but having an understanding. So if you're looking at the, the information, the numbers, you could say, well, you know, I know when I a standard conversion rate on a page should be 25% or more. And this page is converting at 15. So something's wrong with this page. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at it and saying, okay, well, I'm not getting any leads. It's not working. You know, having more knowledge to then lead their team members or their contractors down the road of correction versus, okay, it's not working, let's start over, you know, because those are such big money wasters, you know, because it could be something as simple as uh, the button is below the fold on the page. So someone has to scroll to actually opt in, mm -hmm. you know, instead of, and it should be above, that's one of, you know, that's a conversion um, helper. It's something that helps the conversion. So if it's something super simple like that, and you're just starting over because you think it didn't work, it's a waste of time, money, energy, you know, your mindset kind of takes a little bit of a hit. So <laughs> really understanding what it is you're having your team members do mm -hmm. so that you can make those decisions as a CEO and guide them. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing that, first of all, you have to know what's going on, but also you have to have the mindset of an entrepreneur. So talk more about that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I feel like as a business owner and entrepreneur, you learn so much about yourself. You really know what, uh, what could get you in a mood, I, I guess I could say, could spire, get you in a spiral downward, um, you know, but with that, it's also important to know what's going to pull you back up. Um, and I think mindset work is really important, just continuing 
to surround yourself with people who have been where you are before, you know, who have been where you are and not that long ago either, you know, so they could remember how it feels. Um, having mentors, listening uh, to YouTube videos or podcasts that help keep you in the right frame of mind as far as what it takes to be an entrepreneur because the, the ups and downs they're really, they're there. They're, I mean, just with what's going on in the world, you know, today, a lot of business owners have had to uh, shut down or they've had to change direction. And if you really get stuck in those feelings of what am I going to do? The what ifs, the how is this going to work? You're going to keep yourself there, unfortunately. So, um, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, um, you know, finding something that you can go to that pulls yourself back. I mean, it could be meditation for someone, art, exercise, anything that can pull you back, get your yourself back into the place of knowing that it's possible. Wonderful. And you talked about surrounding yourself basically with support. So I know, um, I forgot who said it, but he said, you know, we're, we're a composite of the five people that we hang out with. And sometimes we hang out with people because we love them, our family, or we hang out with them because of business um, relations or different reasons. Um, how, how did you choose the five people that you hang out with and how does that help you? Sure. So uh, at home, physically, I'm with my family, you know, and it's, it's hard to be around the people that, not that they're not supportive, but their children and, you know, of different mindsets. My husband has a different business, so it's a different type of situation. The, the people that I surround myself with virtually are ones that I've actually found in programs uh, that I've invested in programs and masterminds. So when I look to up-level myself personally and within my business, uh, you know, I pick my, my masterminds or my programs strategically, you know, one, of course, based on skills that I want to learn or things that I want to achieve, but also with people who have done things that I want to do um, or people that I know have been successful, even if it's not in an area that I want to pursue. Um, I would say my best business friend, um, I talk to daily either on Voxer, you know, the voice message app or in Facebook Messenger. And it's it's really good because we can bounce things off of each other. Um, we know about our, you know, it's like a best friend, but there's like this business part to it too, where we're in similar situations. We can challenge each other. Um, we could call each other out on, you know, our, our shortcomings, you know, because not some family members won't do that, you know, in your business. So it's really important for me, I guess, when I'm looking at programs or masterminds to kind of see what type of people are in them. And, you know, if I can serve them as well in some way to support them. And if then again, I could learn from what they have to offer. Beautiful. 
And, you know, you're talking about masterminds and, you know, coaching and you work with a lot of coaches. So I know throughout my life and even now, I always have at least one coach. I mean, I had a coach to help me with my, um, you know, fitness. I had a coach to help me with my nutrition. I have a coach to help me with business. I have a coach to help me with emotional Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have all these coaches and I know there've been times in my life where I'm kind of like in between, like, okay, I've finished with this coach and I'm like, okay, I don't know who I, I really don't know who I need next, but I always <laughs> want to have a coach, yes. some kind of coach, because it's really helpful to just keep your, your life going in a certain direction in the direction you want it to go. So you work with so many coaches. So if someone, let's say, has not had a coach yet, how do they choose? Who would be the best person for them? There are so many. Um, Well, I mean, a good place to start is just following them on social media, you know, looking at their their social media and seeing how many um, people actually interact with them. And I mean, that's not always that's not always like the the last, I mean, that's not the final say, because sometimes people aren't as active on social media, but they do have great programs. Um, You know, I would definitely look at the people that they've worked with before, and I would reach out to them personally and just say, I'm considering this program. Can you tell me, you know, how you have Um, gotten results for it or how it's worked out for you. I think really talking to people who have been in the program um, is a great way to weed out because there are so many and, you know, let's be honest, people aren't going to put up a testimonial that wasn't a good one (laughs) on their page. So of course you're going to see the good testimonials. So reaching out to random people um, that maybe had been in their program or mastermind is a great way. And I think, um, you know, there are some people in some industries who just have a really great reputation because they come from a place of service. And I, I think that's kind of clear. I think when you're reading social media posts, you can see the people who are really coming from a place of service and not just, you know, in it for the money, which we all are in it for money for a certain extent, like that's, you know, we have to make a living, but you can see that there are some who are more money focused than, than others. And I think for me, that's important too. I want to be surrounded by people who want to give and help and lift each other up. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I was just thinking, um, so I'm involved in a networking group for women and it's women mm-hmm. from all over and we have like connection calls like I did with you where you know you just want to get on the phone and get to know the person because to me uh, going on messenger t- texting or whatever that's not the same as actually getting on a call and saying hey tell me about you how many kids you got right. <laughs> you got a dog you know right <laughs> you want to know all those things and um a coach one of the coaches that I have right now um she's helping me through, um, doing some like emotional blocks in some areas, but it started out a year ago. We had a connection call and she said, why don't we get on a call and I'll give you a free coaching call. I'm like, okay, she's also a business coach. So she was actually giving me a, 
uh, like a clarity call and it was great. But at the time I had um, choices of five different coaches or things I could do. And I'm like, I got to choose one. So I ended up choosing a different mastermind. So I didn't take her, her course or her program. But about three weeks ago, I said, you know what? I really liked her and now I'm ready for what she's got for me. And so I went back to her. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's Very really important to actually get on the phone with people so they can get to know you because social media can show a face that sometimes isn't even true. You just, it's the person who has the best media people right. to make them look really good. Yep. But the best when it marketing. comes down to person to person, <laughs> I've also had that experience where it's like, oh, you know, they, they are not who they portray on social media. So it's really good. I think if anybody's going to choose a any kind of coach or even mastermind to get on the phone one-on-one -on -one with that person and make sure that you actually resonate with them. Yeah, that's a very good point, especially if you're going to be investing, a, you know, a big amount of money. Um, and the, another way too is also a lot of coaches have you know, smaller uh, products where it's more of a video kind of product where you can get a taste too. I mean, you are investing, but it's not at the level you would be um, in a mastermind or, or like a one-on-one -on -one coach. So that's another option as well. But you're right, getting on a call with them is the absolute best way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, do you think it's better to do organic or is it better to do ads at this point? Really, I mean, it's gonna depend on whatever your goals are. So, I mean, I, I love advertising. You reach so much more of an audience, a bigger audience, obviously. Um, you have a lot more control over who sees what you put out there because your organic market is the people who like or follow your page, uh, Instagram or Facebook, and the algorithm works to Facebook's advantage. It's more of a, you got a pay to play uh -huh. platform, you know, uh, five years back, it wasn't where, you know, you got a lot more organic reach, but now, um, you know, it's changed and people don't see what you post. I mean, if they go to your page, they will, but it doesn't show up in the feed like an ad would. So, you know, to be really seen, advertising would be the way to go. Mm -hmm. So is Facebook the best place? Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, if you're an artist or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are also so many questions that people bring up, you know, depending on who your audience is, you know, if you're doing a lot of corporate um, kind of work, then LinkedIn is the place to be, but it has grown. Uh, there are a lot more coaches on LinkedIn now than there used to be. Um, so it is a good place for coaches as well. Uh, I personally don't do LinkedIn advertising. I'm not sure how it works and what the actual stats are for those um, advertisements. Uh, Pinterest is a great place too, actually, for coaches as well. Um, it's just more of a visual platform. Same with Instagram. Um, but for Instagram, Facebook and Instagram are now the same, owned by the same companies. So when you run your Facebook ads, you have the option of running them on Instagram as well. So that's something that you would do um, in Facebook's platform. 
Um, but, you know, Instagram, it seems is a lot like the millennials are more on Instagram than they are on Facebook, you know, so it all depends on your, your target market too, you know, who you're going to find where more often. Um, but yeah, it's, everywhere. I mean, social media, you could be everywhere on social media, LinkedIn, TikTok. Now I have, I'm like, I am too old. (laughs) I'm like, I just can't take another platform. I'm I'm good with my standards, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Um, LinkedIn. uh, It's it's getting so much more like Facebook. They have live uh, video or what the lives now you can do the live uh, stories. That's what I'm trying to think of. You could do stories on LinkedIn now. So everything is just constantly changing. And um, as of right now, I feel like Facebook is still at the forefront, but that could change, you know, as far as advertising goes. It could, it changes. Everything changes all the time. So yeah, you just never know. there's YouTube advertising too, Google advertising, all of those places. Um, there's so many places you can be, but I think Facebook and Instagram are kind of the, the standard as of right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so just to switch gears for a minute, what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? Sure, so I mean, there's so many things, but um, I think being able to show my kids, like be an example of what is possible. Um, for me, my my family, I'm my immediate family. I'm really the first person to start their own business or you know do something that wasn't a job. Um, and now my husband is doing it too. So you know they have, which is very unique, two parents who have their two separate businesses who work from home. So it's really a, um, the example that we're able to show them that it doesn't have to be this way. You know, when I went to college, um, I went to college because I just thought that, you know, I needed to do that in order to become something, to, to have a job or career that was going to pay the pay the bills. You know, it was, I did it because I thought that's what I had to do. I didn't even know at that point what I wanted to do. That was, you know, a change as I was in, in college. But um, I think giving them those options and seeing us do it is really, is really cool. I mean, my daughter actually right now in her social studies class, one of her vocabulary words is entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. She's able to really see what that is. (laughs) So that is really, you know, my biggest, my biggest joy is just being able to show them that there's so much more than, you know, the traditional go to school, get a job. And that's not even what's happening right now. People are going to school and not getting jobs. And then they have those, those um, loans to pay, which is difficult. So I would say that. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know so many people who are doing um, Uber or whatever food delivery or grocery delivery on the side. I mean, they're working and then they're they're doing other things just which the incredible thing is that people are so creative 
Yes. Yes. Um, and they're figuring out a way and, yeah. uh, but yeah, people are doing all sorts of things. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's changing. I mean, as things do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the jobs, the, what people do for money is changing because everything is changing. <laughs> I know it's crazy with the, with COVID, um, you know, we have moved to having our groceries delivered you know you do the online order and you just have them delivered and it's also we've continued with it just because it's a time saver too yes we know used to certain things right yeah (laughs) a lot of companies are getting used to their employees not coming to the office think about all the empty office buildings there's going to be next year because they're going to say you know we really don't need to be paying for all this space right right you know downsizing those that's so much overhead, right? The, the rental, the electricity, uh, the inter I, all of those things. That's, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, you know, it's continuing to change. And this year has just been so rapidly changing, you know, it's just been changing so quickly. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I say to some of my friends, I'm like, you know, in 10 years, it'll be really interesting to see you know, the, the trends of what this has caused, I guess, with, with all different areas of life, you know, with relationships, with social skills of the kids right now, um, with jobs, with universities and colleges, like all of those things are going to look different as a result of this. Really well, really well. So, um, if people wanted to um, work with you, how do they find you? What services do you offer and to whom? Sure. Okay, great. Um, so I have a Facebook business page. It's Ida Butwin on Facebook. Um, I have a, a free group for, for coaches. It's called Next Level Marketing for Coaches, and it's searchable on Facebook as well. I can be found on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, my handle is Ida Butwin on everything. Um, and I help uh, coaches. And I have kind of two levels of service. Um, I do done for you advertising where I actually write ad copy, do the creative, set up campaigns, run your advertising for you. Um, and I'm also just starting to um, help coaches with their marketing. Like I talked about earlier, I just I've seen so many times where coaches aren't really sure what's going on with their funnels, with their advertising, and I really want to empower them. So I am helping them with that, um, you know, within the group. So we'll see how that progresses. Um, I feel that it's a need. I'm just checking out, you know, the temperature of, of coaches and seeing if they feel that it's a need as well. So that's brand new for now. Okay, great. So um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing, especially about the advertising. I I learned a lot from you. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I have one last question before we complete the podcast. Um, What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Um, So my best advice is to always be growing and learning and being of service. Um, I think that's 
you know, just not getting complacent. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Ida. Thank you. Yes. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye.